In George Orwell's 1984, Winston Smith recalls, perhaps it was the time when the atomic bomb had fallen on Colchester. In 1954, we imagine the events which might have led to that catastrophic disaster and then the nightmare that became Big Brother. Previously, on 1954. Yesterday, at precisely 1300 hours, an atomic bomb was dropped on Colchester. The town was completely destroyed and all its inhabitants killed. Shit, this is censorship, Max. It's being smart. Just find someone else to pillory. Do you have an island in mind? Fitzsimmons. That is a long way away. And we like to think that you won't forget our contribution. Oh, you won't be forgotten. Episode 4. Yesterday's news. Ogilvy. Prime Minister, it's uh, Councillor Peters again. Oh, for Christ's sake. He says it's really important. He always does, and it never is. Can't you put him through to Benson? Tried that, sir. He made it robustly clear that he did not wish to speak to Mr Benson. Robustly clear? Reptile was the word he used, sir. Takes one to know one. I suppose I'd better talk to him. Thank you. Just putting him through now, sir. Bob! At last! You're through to the reptile house. How may I direct your call? Bob? I... Oh. I see very amusing. I would appreciate it if you kept your opinions of my close personal friends to yourself. With all due respect, Bob, I would appreciate it if you stopped fobbing off your old friends when they need to talk to you. Don't forget, I helped to put you in your reptile house. <laughs> As I recall it, you did everything you could to get in my way. Anyway, I'm assuming you didn't call me just to be a bad loser again. I am quite busy at the moment, what with one thing and another, so let's get on with it. And in future, all calls need to go through Benson. Not surely if they're about him. What are you on about? When are you coming home for a visit, Bob? It's such a long time since we've seen you. <laughs> you sound exactly like my wife. The election isn't far off and we've got all this universal suffrage stuff to contend with. It would give the party a tremendous boost if you could come. I'm pretty sure I'm booked in for at least two public appearances before the election. Unless you feel that you can't win on your own merits. I think my record speaks for itself. That's what I mean. I wasn't thinking of a public appearance. More of an incognito visit to cheer up the party workers who are working so tirelessly on your behalf. The welfare force, for example. I think it would be useful for you to see what they're doing. And what are they doing? Generally speaking, they're taking the force part of their name more seriously than the welfare part. Benson assures me that it's going very smoothly and having a positive effect on your electoral prospects. If scaring people into voting for the party is your idea of a positive effect. What are you up to? I'm trying to help you. Of course you are. I don't expect you to believe me, Bob. Just get down here and see for yourself. Rutherford. To what do I owe the pleasure? Why didn't you run my Fitzsimmons story? Every other paper's got it. We're not every other paper. You came to me with no evidence, no attributable sources. That hasn't stopped you before. 
And anyway, I thought we were supposed to protect our sources. Not from your editor. It was a scoop. Do you remember those? It was a story that might not be true, supplied by a cartoonist. That is not the Courier way. No. We just look like the only people who don't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on. That's the point. No wonder nobody reads the Courier anymore. If you feel that it's the job of a newspaper to print unsubstantiated hearsay and hope for the best, then perhaps it's time for you to try your luck somewhere else. Although I'm not sure cartooning is much of a seller's market. I do think it's a great pity. The Courier used to have such a reputation for its fearless independence. Let's hope your slavish devotion to all things Ogilvy doesn't turn around and bite us all. Well, luckily, now you've resigned... It's no concern of yours. I haven't resigned. Funny. There's a story about it in The Courier tomorrow, and you know we'd never report anything that wasn't true. It comes from an unimpeachable source. Me. You can't. Don't let the door hit you in the arse on the way out. You wanted to see me? Carl, how's your car? Purring like a deflowered nun. Oh, delightful. But I'm glad to hear it. You're going to Colchester. What's happened? Mike Peters. He's kindly given Bob some feedback. He feels that the welfare force might not be helping the cause of universal suffrage. Then something must be done. Indeed it must. Time for another house fire. Just thank him for his invaluable comments and assure him that as a fellow believer in the cause, you will give him whatever help he needs to make universal suffrage a success. After all, there's no knowing what rewards there might be for the man who makes Bob Ogilvy's dream a reality. He's not my greatest fan. My soft soap might not wash. Then, with the utmost reluctance, you might need to mention all the backhanders he's been receiving. Mike Peters is on the take? He's the leader of a council, of course he is. Why are you still here? Hello? Meg, it's me. Hi. How are you? We're all right. Good. I'm not going to pretend that I enjoy being followed everywhere by a plain-clothed policeman. His idea of discreet distance is very different from mine. Luckily, he's young and extremely easy on the eye. <laughs> I think I'd better come home. That would be nice. We miss you. I miss you too. How are the children coping? Oh, they love being followed around. They pretend they're spies and try to lose their policemen. They've got pretty good at it. <laughs> That's not ideal. I mean, he's got pretty good at letting them think they have. Can I talk to them? They're rattling around in the garden at the moment, playing welfare force. What does that involve? Mostly hitting each other. Right. I've spoken to Mike Peters. That's nice for you. I wasn't sure whether or not to believe him. I'm getting the distinct impression that this isn't a social call. It is, Meg. It, it really is. I so badly want to see you, but I'm also worried about what's happening. Should I be? I think so. But if you want objectivity, the Prime Minister's wife might not be the best person to ask. Absolutely nobody behaves normally around me. Even Greg. Who the hell is Greg? My dishy detective. Are you trying to make me jealous? Is it working? 
Not in the least. Well, maybe you should come home. Remind me what I'm missing. I will. As soon as I can. Incognito. The Prime Minister is one of my very oldest friends, and he trusts me. I am not prepared to lie to him, particularly not to save your neck. Mike. Councillor Peters to you. Does Bob even know you're here? As I believe I've already made clear, I am of course representing him. He and I are completely aligned on the subject of universal suffrage, as we know you are. He... We are very grateful to you for letting us know about this potential bump in the road. Your hired mob of uniformed thugs intimidating people on street corners is considerably more than a bump in the road. And we are all very eager to smooth things over. As his local eyes and ears, so to speak, you are considered as integral to the success of this policy. Or are you saying that you feel that you're unequal to the task? I am saying that this isn't a local matter. I have no jurisdiction over the welfare force. For God's sake, they even threatened me. Which is, it goes without saying, a regrettable state of affairs. And if true... If true? Reinforces the impression in certain sectors of the media that things, under your watch, are beginning to slide out of control. I am not about to take the rap for your mistakes. I don't think it's profitable to point fingers. In the long term, as I'm sure you know... Bob will look favourably on any and all contributions to the success of our project. Then call off your attack dogs. Mike, the welfare force is here to stay. This policy will fundamentally alter the political landscape and it is essential that we educate people about their new rights and responsibilities. By making them so shit scared that they vote the way you want them to? You must be careful, Councillor Peters. I know you're trying to help. But some folk might think you're trying to undermine the process. Fuck off, Carl. All in good time. I think you said earlier that you don't feel you have any clout when it comes to the welfare force. I don't! But you are responsible for what is and isn't permitted on the streets of Colchester. Perhaps it's time to enforce local bylaws more robustly. <laughs> I don't think that rabble will give a toss about local bylaws. Even though they have all been recruited locally. You need to deal with the increasing lawlessness on your streets. A positive mindset is what we need, Mike. For instance, a gaggle of local worthies, personally selected by you, to sing the praises of universal suffrage and its implementation would help enormously when Bob comes to visit, which, incidentally, might be sooner than you think. You've got a bloody nerve. You want me to stage-manage some official visit to hoodwink Bob into believing that everything's hunky-dory? I want you to reassure our friend and leader that his flagship policy is in safe hands. What's to stop me from calling him the minute you leave and telling him all this? Well, one of Bob's great strengths as a leader is his ability to delegate. He has a lot to worry about, particularly with the growing crisis in Fitzsimmons. As his faithful lieutenants, we must show him that his trust has not been misplaced. I will not be pushed into doing what I believe to be fundamentally wrong. We may not see eye to eye on many issues, Mike. But I have always admired you. Your unshakable integrity. We'll just have to make the best of it. Hope it works out. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Off you fuck, then. Oh, <laughs> 
There was something else. For Christ's sake, make it quick. This new hotel. What about it? I'm very keen on modern architecture. So I passed by the building site on my way here. It's going up very quickly. I'm impressed. As I've said to Bob, his victory has really put Colchester on the map. I couldn't have put it better myself. And we expect an influx of visitors to see the town that made him. It was felt that we needed a world-class facility for them to stay in. It's marvellous. I'm glad you appreciate something we're doing. I applaud you, Mike. I really do. Especially in the face of all those tiresome planning regulations imposed by the previous administration. Yet you appear to have found a way to surmount all the obstacles, despite what I gather has been considerable local opposition. Some nonsense about overshadowing Roman remains, wasn't it? Something like that. It's astonishing how many intelligent people seem to be implacably opposed to progress of any kind. Yes. Bob has some large infrastructure projects he's keen to get off the ground, and we're all very astounded by what you've achieved in such a short time. Benson has asked me to take a forensic look at your process. Seems we have a lot to learn. <laughs> anyway, mustn't outstay my welcome. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on everything we've discussed. Good evening, I'm Erica Blair. There's mounting tension in the Prime Minister's constituency of Colchester in the run-up to the local elections. The town was specifically chosen by Robert Ogilvy himself as the place best suited to trial his radical policy of universal suffrage, but there has been huge opposition to it ever since. With protests outside the town hall and elsewhere in the town, the new welfare force, which was set up to oversee the scheme, has had to step in on numerous occasions just to keep the peace. In a speech to party activists earlier today, Mary Brown had this to say. This is what happens when an inexperienced government tries to rush into huge constitutional change with no consultation, and attempts to manipulate the result by holding the vote in the Prime Minister's hometown. They may have a parliamentary majority, but nevertheless, this is gerrymandering on a grand scale. The dishonest action of a dishonest administration. Meg! Oh, Jesus, you made me jump. What are you doing here? I live here. Well... I used to, before Greg moved in. Where are the kids? In the garden, playing football. Good. I want to make love to the Prime Minister's wife. Not now. Oh, I love it when you play hard to get. <laughs> Put me down. <laughs> Go and look out of the kitchen window. What a goal. What the fuck is he doing here? You tell me. He's been here all morning. Jesus Christ. Daddy! Hello, you. Come here. Oh, I've missed you. We've just been having a kickabout with Uncle William. He's a rotten goalie. Guilty as charged. You two go and clean yourselves up. I need to talk to Uncle William. Bob, thank God. Look, I know what you're going to say. You have no right to be in my home. Who the hell do you think you are? Uncle fucking William, how dare you? Before you get too excited, I don't particularly want to be here either. And yet here you are. Meg, 
Would you excuse us for a moment? Don't order me around in my own home. That is the last thing I would do. Bob, you've put me in a really difficult position. You can't just wander off when you feel like it. I didn't think I needed your permission to visit my family. Your security detail has been having kittens. How you managed to give them the slip, I've no idea. But please, don't do it again. If I can find you, anyone can. You tracked me down to where I live. Holmes, you amaze me. I have dismissed your security team for gross negligence. On whose authority? I thought it expedient to set an example. Your new team will be arriving in Colchester shortly. In the meantime, please stay put. Meg's bodyguard will look after you until they get here. I don't recall ever inviting you to call me, Meg. I was concerned for your husband's safety. I'm sorry if that offends you. I was merely doing what I thought was best. Well, he's safe now. You can go. Bob, I'll do my best to see that you're not bothered while you're here, but I can't guarantee it. When will you be back? In due course. Can you be more specific? No, he can't. Right. Understood. I'll be off then. Say goodbye to the children for me great kids. A real credit to you. Ooh. God, he makes my skin crawl. Don't be too hard on him. I probably shouldn't have absconded like that. I'm sure he was only trying to do the right thing. You know, your determination to see the good in everybody is intensely lovable, but also absolutely bloody infuriating. You can't trust him. He gets things done. You get things done. At the risk of sounding cynical, he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. I have a squeaky clean image to maintain. You're actually starting to sound like him. Hey, forget about him. Come here. <laughs> Hello, Prime Minister. Hello, Mrs Prime Minister. You better not have brought any work home. <laughs> there is a matter outstanding in my <laughs> red box which needs urgent attention. Oh, I can see that. It looks rather pressing. I do think it's important to deal with these things as soon as they arise. <laughs> so do I. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, just leave it. it this, oh, it's the work line. It might be important. So's this. Just let it ring. Oh, go on then. Hello? Bob, it's Mike Peters. Oh, shit, it's Mike. Oh, God, that's put me right off. This is a dedicated hotline. You shouldn't really be using it unless it's a dire emergency. Oh? Benson didn't say. Oh, didn't he? Listen, Bob, I know you're here incognito. Am I? Well, obviously there's incognito and incognito. And which am I? You're very good. The thing is that as you're already here, large as life, we thought it would be sensible to set up an impromptu, extraordinary council meeting at the town hall. <sighs> Absolutely out of the question. Sorry, it's not a very good line. It's at 1,400 hours. All on the QT, of course. I'm here to see my family. And it'll be a brief meeting. No use drawing attention to ourselves. The mayor will be there, most of the aldermen and the important councillors. We wanted to use this as an opportunity to celebrate the success of the welfare force and the universal suffrage programme as a whole. It really couldn't be better. No, 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 I, I thought the welfare force was scaring people. It's inevitable that there will be teething problems with such a huge piece of legislation, and some folk have been rather hasty in their judgments. 
and there has been a tendency to exaggeration in some quarters. No, the welfare force has been an unqualified success, really taken their role as educators seriously. A force for good, if I can put it that way. Look, I'm glad to hear it. Yes, we mustn't allow ourselves to be blown off course by the naysayers and the vested interests. Quite. I would be more than happy to take you on a little welfare force meet and greet. Any time. Thank you, but, but not today. There are also going to be some local investors at the meeting. Investors? In what? In what we're hoping you'll allow us to call the Ogilvy Hotel. What? <laughs> that is a joke, I hope. We'd like to arrange a ceremony for you to lay the cornerstone. It is, after all, a monument to your success in putting Colchester on the map. <laughs> I am not having a hotel or anything else named after me. I'm, I'm not a dictator or dead. I fear some of the investors will be very disappointed. We feel the name will be a great selling point. We? Are you an investor? What? Me? No. That would be... No. Wholly unethical. But, naturally, I have a personal stake in the success of the enterprise. Then why don't you call it Peter's Folly? <laughs> That's rather unhelpful, Bob, if you don't mind me saying so. The hotel is already popularly referred to as the Ogilvy. Some might say that your refusal is indicative of a lofty contempt for enterprise and innovation and a reluctance to commit to the future of your hometown. Let's not forget, while we're devoting our energies to courting the proles, that our businessmen and intellectuals have a vote too. I will not have that bloody building named after me. Is that clear? But people are expecting... Not my circus, Mike, not my monkeys. <laughs> I hope we get first dibs on the honeymoon suite. <laughs> Ha, bloody ha. <laughs> the crisis in the Fitzsimmons Islands deepened today with reports that the government's special envoy sent out to deal with the ongoing conflict has been arrested after it appears certain illegal substances were found in his baggage. A spokesman for the government has described this as a setback and went on to say they were doing everything to ascertain precisely what the situation in the Fitzsimmons Islands is. It is a well-known fact communication with the islands is difficult, given their remote location in rough and unpredictable seas, a two-weeks voyage from the nearest mainland. The government insisted they were determined to improve this sorry state of affairs and were in the process of announcing a feasibility study into the logistical challenges of laying copper telecommunications cables from the mainland to the islands. In other news, the president of Eurasia has once again claimed that there is no truth in the Yes? Prime Minister, you've got a visitor. You know I can't see anyone without an appointment. Oh, I think you're going to want to see this visitor. Really? Who is it? Come over here. Bloody hell, is that who I think it is? Just got in this morning, apparently. Saw the news, came straight here. I bet they did. Send them in quickly, and for God's sake, not a word to Benson. Mary, thank you. 
Are you sure nobody saw you? One of the few compensations of no longer being PM is that nobody's interested in me anymore. They might be if they knew who you were meeting. A boring courtesy meeting about policy? Anyway, nobody saw me. Also, the security guard so generously provided by the government is about 80 and a prolific drinker. I doubt he's even noticed I've gone. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) That bad? Look, Mary, I know I don't need to say this, but this has to be off the record. Bob, relax. I'm sure my party wouldn't be crazy about us meeting either. Look, what's happened? I can't really go into detail, but... I've got I've got some pretty compelling evidence that this trouble in Fitzsimmons is a hoax. Shit. Shit indeed. Benson? I hope not, but... But? All the information about Fitzsimmons has come through him and he's trying very hard to bump me into closer ties with Atlantica. What do you want from me? How did you go about ridding yourself of turbulent advisers? Advisors, plural? Carl, Benson's little Rottweiler. Oh, he's easy enough. Cutbacks. Any hard decisions hide behind the Treasury never fails. That won't work with Benson. I can't just sack him. He's far too dangerous. It's bad enough having him on my side. May I make a suggestion? Please do. Oh, dear. Look at you. What are you doing? I'm just giving you a hug. You looked as though you needed one. When this was my office, there were many times I could have done with a hug, even from you. Thank you. I think. Now, William Benson. What the fuck is going on? William. I've been expecting you. I've just seen Carl being escorted from the building by the police. That was quick. What are you playing at? Do have a seat. Answer me! You are perfectly aware of the state in which Mary Brown left the economy. We must be fiscally responsible. The Treasury is imposing swinging cuts across all departments. I'm surprised you didn't know. Naturally, the advisor to an advisor was seen as ripe for the plucking. Don't bullshit me, Bob. I'm sorry you feel that way. But my hands are tied. You can't fight the Treasury. I'm sure we'll be able to manage without him. Now do calm down. There's somebody I'd like you to meet. Good morning. William, may I introduce Harriet Munro, Governor General of the Fitzsimmons Islands. What? Very pleased to know you, Mr Benson. Harriet is the bearer of glad tidings. Tell Benson what you've been telling me. It's all rather strange, really. As I'm sure you know, Mr Benson, Fitzsimmons is a very isolated archipelago. That means that news from home takes a long time to reach us, and the postal service is woeful. Something we're working on, isn't that right, Benson? But what is the point of all this? I'm coming to it, Mr Benson. You see, sporadically in the last few weeks, rumours have been filtering through to us that people at home thought we'd been invaded by Eurasian troops, or East Asia. 
It's all been very garbled. You see, we can't receive your radio broadcasts out there, and any letters or newspapers can take weeks to arrive. At first, we treated it as a joke until we realized that our loved ones here were becoming very, very worried about us. I felt that it was my duty as governor to come here and put people's minds at rest. And then, when I arrived and I saw the news, I couldn't quite believe it all. Over and above, I call that. Don't you agree, Benson? Oh, yes. And such a relief to know our people are safe. But it doesn't change anything. The Atlantica talks are... Are no longer any concern of yours. What? It's not all good news. We don't know whether this was the cause of the rumours or the other way around, but it seems that there have been one or two rather concerning reports from fishermen of sightings of Eurasian gunboats rather closer to our waters than usual. We're not sure what it means, if indeed it means anything. So, we need our top man on the job. As my chosen special envoy seems to have run into difficulties... We need someone with a keen interest in and understanding of international relations. Someone who will ferret out exactly what is going on and who will be able to coordinate a defence strategy in the unlikely event that the gunboats do mean something. Also, Harriet has two young children who love a game of football in the garden. Don't be bloody ridiculous. The posting will last for an indefinite period, so it needs to be someone with no family ties of their own. I'm not going anywhere. I said this would happen. You did. Look, can you piss off for a moment? I need to talk to the Prime Minister in private. There's no need. Besides, I imagine you'll want to start packing and cancelling the milk and so forth. You'll be away for quite some time. I am not going to fucking Fitzsimmons. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way. What time is it, Harriet? 13.20, Prime Minister. Oh, this is awkward. You see, Erica Blair will have just announced your selfless sacrifice for the good of our compatriots in Fitzsimmons in the 1300 news broadcast. We'll both have egg on our faces if you don't go. You're not going to get away with this. I think I already have, William. Bon voyage. Hello, young man. Hello. That's a hefty old bag you've got there. It's the start of my paper round, sir. I think I've seen you. You deliver the morning papers to the Chestnut Tree Cafe, don't you? Yes, sir. I thought so. My name's Carl. What's yours? Smith, sir. That's very formal. School doesn't start for another hour. Winston, sir. Well, Winston, how do you fancy earning a ten-bob note? Ten bob, sir? Yes, please, sir. Call me Carl. I need to get this envelope to the chestnut tree, but I don't have the time to go myself. Would you mind popping it in amongst their papers when you deliver them? Not at all, sir. Uh, Carl. Good lad. Any message? No, I don't think so. Um, I know. Let's make this more fun. Have you ever played spies? I don't think so. Oh, it's tremendous fun. We pretend that the contents of this envelope are top secret, and if anyone asks, you don't know how it got in amongst the papers. Can you do that, do you think? Easy. 
This extra half crown says you can't. I can. Let's see. What's my name? You never told me, sir. And how would you describe my appearance? How should I know? I've never met you, have I? Are you sure you've never played spies before? Did I pass, sir? You are now a fully qualified spy, Winston. Congratulations, here's your half crown. And the ten bob note, sir. I wasn't born yesterday. And the ten bob note. So long, Winston. So long, sir. Manny. Gin. Large. Yes, Miss Rutherford. Actually, just bring the bottle. Uh, by the way, Miss, uh, this was delivered yesterday. It's addressed to you. Who by? I couldn't say, Miss. It was on the doormat with the morning papers. Oh, Christ. I'm obviously spending too much time in this dump. Well, well, well. What do you make of this, Manny? It's rather grainy, Miss. This one's better. Well, I wouldn't like to say, Miss. Judging by how carelessly this envelope has been stuck down, I'd say you've already looked at them, so you can drop the discreet butler act. Well, if I was pushed, miss, I'd say it looks like a photograph of the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition. And what are they doing, Manny? They would appear to be embracing, miss. Bring yourself a glass. I think this calls for a celebration. Of course, I hardly need say that this is our little secret. Yes, miss. Until it appears on the front page of the Oracle, of course. The Oracle? I thought you worked at the Courier, miss. Yesterday's news, Manny. Yesterday's news. Nineteen Fifty Four is a packing shed production written by Patrick Marlowe and Neil Darcy Jones. Playing the various characters are Richard Conrad, Neil Darcy Jones, Grace Dunn, Tim Freeman, Ben Jacobson, Charlotte Luxford, Patrick Marlowe, Kate Milner, Alec Darcy Jones, and Amelie Upton. Music is by At Swiffin's Edge, and the series is recorded and edited by Michael Parker, courtesy of Studio Six Music. Nineteen fifty four will return for a new series in the autumn.